What you're about to listen to is a Pod Bros exclusive. Age of the Geek, baby. We run the world. I see you shiver with anticipation. Man, what's gotten into you? It's Dave the Nerd with episode 96 of Dave's Nerd Compendium. And this episode, I'm just going to be doing an interview. It's going to be just about uh, Monstrous and Dr. Greg Wright. So uh, there's not really much more I can say about it. So take a listen. All right, everybody. I am back with a returning guest. You might know him as the creative genius behind Wild Bullets. But just wait. He has another Kickstarter that has a book that I just backed personally. The book is called Monstrous. I am joined by Mr. or sorry, Dr. Greg Wright. How are you doing, sir? Excellent, excellent. I always want you to stand on the other side of a curtain and then introduce me like I'll just bring a curtain with me and like anytime I go into a room you can be like, Okay, here he is. I'm like, Yeah, okay. <laughs> Ah, that, that was, that, that's a wonderful introduction. Thank you very much. Uh, so yeah, uh, I'm I'm really excited about Monstrous. It you know we uh, we had a modest goal for it, and it met it you know very quickly. But we're still using this as a great way to reach out to people, let them know about the comic. Uh, this is also still the best way for people to get their hands on it. Uh, you know, barring the exceptional few people that we see pretty much every day. In other words, if we don't if we don't run into you, if you're not somebody who like knows me personally, this would be a great way for you to get all issues of Monstrous, all four issues, all at once. Before um, otherwise, they'll be released once per month. So, so this is a great way to have it be like one-stop shopping, get it shipped right to your door, get it signed, get you know, as well as any extra rewards that people want too. Um, now, tell us yeah. a little bit about Monstrous. Good, good idea. I was just thinking, I didn't tell them about this. So, uh, what Monstrous is, is this, it's a series of stories, kind of like Sin City, where the main character is the setting itself. So, Monstrous is set in Frankenstein's Europe, and it's steam-powered robots versus monsters. The basic idea is that Dr. Frankenstein made his famous monster, that monster made more monsters, they got out of control, so Dr. Frankenstein started to make robots because they were easier to control. So his Franken-squad of robots and, and cops and himself, they are the forces of law and order, whereas the monsters are sort of like refugees, criminals, suspect minority underclass kind of folks. <clears throat> and each one of the issues is its own separate self-contained story. So each one is a one-shot they all, uh, you can buy them in any order, you can read them in any order, and they're all self-contained. It's not like you got to read 18 issues of continuity to figure out what's going on and who everybody is. So each one of them is kind of like uh, the Wild West, except instead of cowboys and Indians, it's monsters versus robots. 
and uh, it's like the Wild West also in that the plots themselves are kind of riffing on old John Wayne movies. Uh, the first one kind of riffs on two, True Grit, the second one, Big Jake, third one, Three Godfathers, and the fourth one, uh, one of my personal favorites, Rio Bravo. What, No Blazing Saddles? No Blazing Saddles. Well, then John Wayne, I, he wasn't in that, was he? I mean, he didn't nope. even make it. No, but <laughs> <coughs> but um, there is... Uh, yeah, there is that sense of goofiness in, in more than a few of the moments of these ones. The third one in particular is that kind of Mel, Mel Brooks, goofy, borscht belt, sticky kind of thing. Uh, the, there's the three criminals in it are basically like the three stooges, but they're monsters. They have a, a bank robbery that goes awry, and they wind up in charge of taking care of a human baby that... Count Dracula is after to, to destroy, to, to eat the baby, right? But uh, uh, these three bumbling monster criminals have to protect the baby and prove that they're good guys uh, all in the end. So, And it's kind of got that, that Blazing Saddles vibe to it. <laughs> oh, nice. Now, you said you set up a modest goal, and I have the page open in front of me, and you did $1,000 for four books, or for the entire Kickstarter, when you see some of them goals being like 9,000 or 5,000 or something. Yet, as of right now, us talking, you have met your goal and succeeded it by $228 with still 24 days to go. Yeah, I'm, I'm psyched about this. I'm psyched about it. Uh, and the reason that we set the goal uh, a, a little bit on the low side is that this is, this is kind of an experimental thing for SourcePoint Press, who's the publisher of, of Monstrous. Uh, what we wound up deciding to do is we're basically using the Kickstarter to kickstart sta- kick sales. In other words, we paid for the book, you know, the, the book, those costs of printing the book. So the book is already done. It's already printed. It's in our warehouses waiting to ship. <clears throat> so people uh, who are backing the Kickstarter don't really absorb any risk at all. Uh, we know we have the book that we can get it to people. The, uh, the key here is that we're using Kickstarter to kind of let people know about it, bring in people who might not have heard about it, and um, really sort of take it as a, as a pre-sales, pre-order kind of a thing uh, that, that hopefully will get people excited about it, get them talking about it with their friends and family members, and make it really much more splashy and, and public and visible to everybody. Now, normally Kickstarters have stretch goals. Once they've met their initial goal, they like add on little perks. Do you have any plans to have any stretch goals for your campaign? Yeah, uh, although we you know, we didn't really know what to expect with something like this. Uh, so we didn't have those stretch goals established up front <clears throat> uh, at the beginning of things. But what we have is our next stretch goal is if we get to 1500 Rather than saying something, like sometimes they'll have a, a Kickstarter reward where it's like, okay, well, if we meet the reward, we're going to add an extra five pages or we'll throw on a variant cover or something like that for comics. Uh, well, we can't do that because we, we have it printed already. So instead, what we're going to do is rather than change the product or only reward certain people, we want it to be that everybody who backed it and bought a physical copy, so in other words, when we're shipping stuff to them, we're going to throw in uh, a Kickstarter exclusive uh, source point press postcard for them, and it's like, well, that might not be a lot, yeah, but it's it's for it's for everybody uh, rather than just certain people. 
And then we're going to trot out some new stretch goals, which I don't want to uh, get too far ahead of myself, but uh, we're going to do some uh, really great stretch goals in the future, getting sort of behind the scenes sort of stuff, you know, bringing in uh, sketch art, scripts that I wrote. Um, we're also talking about the possibility of doing a Kickstarter-exclusive podcast that's talking about the making of monsters. So kind of uh, like, you know, documentary evidence walking through the steps of how, what led up to this project, because it is such a great, cool, finalized, polished product. And I'd like to sort of let people in on, you know, sort of behind the curtain or behind the velvet rope and let them see what, what it's like to come up they could do the, kind, the same kind of thing themselves. Well, without getting too much uh, behind the curtain, what kind of inspired you to create this story? Television. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, I like to say that where, you know, well, I was just sitting on the couch one day. No, uh, but I had a, a lifelong interest in monsters. I've always been fascinated by, you know, these outsider characters, um, you know, what they're capable of. Because if you think about it, really, all monsters are, are just kind of like ugly superheroes, if you, if, you, if you boil down right to it. Uh, you know, they tend to be strong or menacing or hypnotic or shape-shifting or things like that. Um, but we, we treat them as this sort of separate class, that they're more of a threat. Uh, and I want to kind of peel back layers of that, uh, like, you know, the original James Whale Frankenstein movie itself did, where let's, let's see what makes this uh, monster sympathetic, what makes him interesting, or in the case of you know, um, Todd Browning's Dracula, what, what makes him seductive, what makes him fascinating, what makes him, uh, in some ways, human, right? How can we relate to him? So that's something that's, that's always interested me, and uh, really I had kind of kicked around this idea of, you know, what if, if Dr. Frankenstein made this monster, that would be like introducing new technology, and it would spread all over the continent, and what would, what would that look like? Like at the end of Mary Shelley's novel, you have the, the monster and uh, the, his maker, you know, basically destroying each other, destroying themselves. And it's like, no, what would what would happen uh, if you really had this out there that you know we can put together monsters made cobbled together from corpses in the dead of night that then can be new resurrected creatures? What would what would that look like? Uh, and you know, I feel this again. I, I feel that there's a parallel to superheroes as well. You know, once Iron Man has made his armor, or, you know, once the super soldier serum is out there, why don't we see that everywhere? Why wouldn't we see that cropping up in the private sector and, and that kind of thing? And it's just, it's just interesting to me to see, um, you know, to, to kind of have that thought experiment of what if all these monsters lived in the same world together and inhabited, you know, and would hang out in dive bars or, you know, would be into petty theft or... Uh, you know, you had robots policing the streets. It's just it's just an interesting kind of thought experiment that you can expand on and pull the story, uh, you know, the the gold, mine for gold, and the story possibilities that you've got in that kind of a world. All right. Now, normally with SourcePoint Press, when you think monsters, you think either Jason Jimenez or make him bigger frere. How did you uh, team up with Ken on this project? Well, this is something that I, you know, the I partnered up with SourcePoint Press after we had uh, three of the four books done. Uh, Ken is Ken Lamug uh, is the artist, and he is fantastic. The books just look 
gorgeous. He designed the logo, he did the pencils, the inks, the colors, the letters, all of this stuff. <coughs> and um, <coughs> he's a really talented guy. He's an award-winning illustrator and artist out of Las Vegas. And I had originally approached him because I was like, wow, this guy, he's, you know, he's got a lot of talent. He's a doer. He gets things done. He gets them accomplished. And I'm a doer. I want to get things done. So I had connected with him via Twitter and pitched him this idea. And he was like, well, I don't know about a big idea. So let's do a smaller one. So we did, you know, we, we kind of cobbled together some ideas together and we focused on little stories and they kind of grew into these bigger stories that uh, we could have more stories taking place in this really cool, frenetic, chaotic world. Uh, and it was not necessarily something where it's like, oh, well, I, I didn't want to work with somebody from Michigan. It's that I had this really cool opportunity to work with Ken, and we made these together. He, he's, a, he's a machine. He does this phenomenally quickly, and, and, and it looks wonderful at the end of it, too. Uh, so he, he made these together, and I'm, I'm friends with Travis McIntyre, who's the president and the editor-in-chief of SourcePoint Press, he knew I had been shopping these around. Uh, Ken's agent had been shopping them around, and he said, "You know what? You've got that done. Uh, let's, I, you know, let's partner up. Let's get this through SourcePoint Press." And now, uh, 2016 is going to be a really big year for me and for Ken and for SourcePoint Press because, uh, you know, they're they're sending me all over the country. I'm going to Atlanta, Boston, Baltimore, Chicago, Detroit. They're sending me to a couple cons, basically every month. And I'm just going to be talking with people. It's exciting to me uh, to get it out there and to think about people buying this all over the country. It, it really, it, it really uh, warms the cockles of my evil heart. <laughs> evil heart, my patoot. Yeah. <laughs> my evil heart to your patoot, right? Yeah. Now, you said this is a four-issue arc. Is this an all-inclusive story, or... Did you leave it slightly open for, like, a second volume or a spinoff series? Oh, yeah. There's all kinds of possibilities that we can do with this. There's, there's so much potential. Uh, but each one of them is its own separate story, so you don't really have overlap with the characters. I'd love to revisit some of them. A lot of people have said, well, what happens to the little girl in the first one who hires the rabbit monster to track down her father's killer? It's like, okay, well, we know where the story ends, but what's the next step for them? And I would love to explore that. I'd also love to, I mean, I have literally notebooks filled with ideas of other cool directions that we could go. I think the next thing that, we'd like, that I'd like to do is do another four-issue uh, sort of arc that's kind of linked thematically uh, of, of short stories before we get into something that's a little bit bigger to kind of test the waters and see what it is that people really respond to, because... Each of these issues has its own kind of tone and sense of action, sense of humor, sense of what's scary about it, uh, sense of who the characters are. There's two stories that are basically taking the side of the criminals and two that are taking the side of law and order. So, uh, But in all cases, the good guys aren't all that good and the bad guys aren't really all that bad. You can relate to all of them, uh, but they're all a little bit monstrous, hence the title. Now, since there was a monster hunter in Wild Bullets... Will we see a cameo from that particular bullet in Monsters? Uh, no, I don't have anything like that planned, although that would be a, a really cool crossover to have the Monsters from Monsters uh, invading the Bullet family in Wild Bullets. I would, I would love to do something like that. 
that that would probably have to be pretty far down the line, though. Uh, just given that I have I've written the second issue of Wild Bullets, I've written a Christmas issue, um, and right now you've got Jason Jimenez, Sean Seal, Joe Frere, and Steve Shire all working on that. <clears throat> And uh, I'm really excited about it. We're going to get to see a little bit more of the Bullet parents. We're going to see more of their dad and their mom and get sort of stories that feature them as well. Uh, plus, we reunite with all the, all the four Bullet siblings. I'm really excited about that. That should come out, I'm hoping, uh, later this year. Uh, I don't know the timeline on it exactly. It kind of depends on, on how quickly uh, all that team of artists works on getting things done. Oh, with it being a Christmas issue, I thought it'd just be coming out right around Christmas. Well, you know, maybe I might <laughs> I might wind up doing it that way. Uh, although it would be cool to have it come out in a similar timeline as last year. Because it's, I mean, <coughs> although it's set in, uh, it's set at Christmas time. Uh, it's, you know, it's not really, it's, it's, it's like a Christmas story in the way that Die Hard is a Christmas story, right? It takes place during Christmas, but, uh, you know, you don't necessarily think like, oh, this is, you know, this is right up there with It's a Wonderful Life. Um, it's, Die Hard is the greatest Christmas movie of all time. Yeah, yeah. I love I love Gremlins. I love, uh, you know, I love Die Hard. I love these Christmas stories that aren't really Christmas stories. Uh, but this one, uh, like The Wild Bullets, just like the Thanksgiving one, you know, you can enjoy it all year round. Uh, and I think it would be kind of cool to have it, you know, start selling before the Christmas season and then kind of have a resurgence so it could have little... Two, two peaks of popularity, maybe. I don't know. Uh, of course, with, with a guy like myself, I'm, I'm happy to have it have one peak of popularity. <laughs> so, other than Monstrous going on right now, and I'm begging people to go out and back it, what else is on the back burner for you? Oh, I've got, I've got lots of stuff going on. I've got a lot of irons in the fire. I've got a, I've got a super secret project that I can't tell anybody about, but believe me, when I can, everybody is going to hear about this because it's very exciting. Uh, and in addition to that, I can say that <clears throat> one comic I'm working on right now, it's actually, it, has, it also centers on monsters, but a different kind of monsters. It's called Last Monster Standing. And it's a project that I'm working on with uh, artist Eric Reichenbach, who has been on Survivor, the te television show Survivor, twice as a contestant. And... I don't mention that just, well, he was on Survivor, which is cool, but that also pertains to the project. See, uh, the Last Monster Standing is, the basic pitch for it is that giant monsters invade Tokyo and then they get their own reality show. Which is kind of like Survivor in that, you know, people will get voted off of the island uh, of Japan and onto Exile Island. You've got giant monsters beating each other up. The giant robot's like, I'm not here to make friends, and that kind of thing. Uh, you know, missiles and tanks and explosions. And really, it's kind of like this giant Warner Brothers Looney Tunes cartoon where they're all beating each other up uh, and surviving just because, like, those kaiju movies, you know, they never really do anything to each other. It's kind of like wrestling. And it's the same thing in the comic book, where they'll beat each other up, and they're like, ah! And they, you know, punch and kick and explode and everything like that, but then they keep coming back for more. So it's it's goofy, it's a lot of fun, and it could be for people who hate reality TV shows, it could be for people who love reality TV shows, it could be, people, uh, could be for people who love these uh, monster movies, or it could just be for people who have that kind of wacky, weird, uh, off 
kilter sensibility to uh, to their entertainment. Or it could just be people who follow a great writer like one Dr. Greg Wright. Oh, you're too kind. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm very flattered. That's very kind of you to say. Uh, yeah, it, it, like, like all the stuff that I do, I try to have it be, you know, fun and fast-paced and interesting and funny. Uh, I mean, at the, at the core of it, I really want people to be entertained. Uh, I want to, you know, provoke thoughts and things like that, too, of course, but the first order of business with a comic book I always think should be entertaining people. Now, I've read stuff that's like, well, this is more philosophical or this is more about romance or this is more about action or grim and gritty or whatever. That, that's cool, but to me, I want it to be escapist. If it can be those things and be escapist, that's great, but I'm not a big fan of, uh, well, let's make this, this as realistic as possible because if it's realistic, then... You know, uh, that's my everyday life. My 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 life is plenty realistic. I uh, I want to escape some of that when I'm picking up a book. I think. All right. Now, I know you said it's a super secret and you can't really say anything about. It, but can you give us a little hint? I can give you a little hint in that uh, I was asked to do this, and it's it's tied to another uh, creator's property. So uh, it's it's something that would be tied into like a, a, a larger work or an adaptation. So that's that's as much as I'm going to say. I'm not even going to say the, the the artist I might be working with or any of that. But uh, believe me, if it winds up happening, everybody everywhere will know. I will be you you it'll be you'll, people will be saying like, ah oh, look stop we're tired of hearing about it. But I'm going to be like jumping in people's faces on the street and being like hey look at this. Ah, ah, ah. Which I guess I'm kind of like that anyway. I was going to say you're like that at the cons. Hey, can I tell you about my book? Yes, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm nuts. You know, I, uh, I want to get out there and I want to meet people and I want them to, to check this out and see if it's for them. And if it is, that's cool because then that's one more connection that I've made. And, I mean, yes, I'm selling the book and, and people are paying money for it. But to me, the money is not nearly as, as much about... Uh, what the book is about, I mean, you know, I, yeah, it, it will be cool. I mean, I'm, I don't think I'm going to get rich selling comic books, but what I really want to do is say, like, look, we told this really cool story. It's this really cool thing, and I, I want you to, to be able to appreciate that and enjoy that. And that, to me, is, is a great feeling. Um, for instance, there was a, a little girl at the last Comic-Con that we were at that sh- uh, in Chicago, uh, Days of the Dead, and her mom was like, oh, she's not much of a reader, and she's like, oh, I don't know if I want to get it, and since so she got it, and she came back the next day, and she was just raving about how much she loved it. This was advanced copies of Monstrous, so the same book we're talking about. And she read it, and she was just she read them back to back, cover to cover, and reread them, and was so excited, and came in and was asking me questions, and like, well, what about this character, and tell me about this, and what's happening next? And I was like, this is so cool that to see that light just come on in her eyes, and it's like that is much more of a payoff than whatever, you know, dollars and cents uh, we get at the end of the day. That's uh, really exciting to me to, to, to have somebody kind of get that spark. That's, that's really very fun for me. Yeah, and it's really something that speaks volumes, not only for the artwork and the writing, but also the imagination that goes into a book that you can inspire someone who doesn't like to read or doesn't read or mm-hmm. something like that that they take your piece of material and they'll go over it once twice 
three times and then be so intrigued that they're picking your brain trying to figure out additional story hints at who knows you might tell four or five stories down the line flesh out the story a little bit or you might just leave it off at then and be like it's your imagination right yeah that's that's what's so cool about this is that the world is you know like the star wars world where you just feel like there's a million story possibilities out there uh well what about those guys or you know that character that you see just for a, so, a second in the alleyway, what's that character's name? What's that character's story? Uh, I want that to be true with, uh, with Monstrous as well. Ken comes up with these really fantastic supporting characters. Like, here's this one that's got, like, a, a, a big old knife in a bar, and he looks like a dingo, and I'm like, wow, who is that guy? What's his name? I want his action figure, you know? And that gets me so excited about stuff, or... You know, here's this this weird lamprey snake monster thing that uh, jumps out and gets punched in the face by a rabbit monster. And it's like, wow, wh- where did that guy grow up? What what is what does he want to do with his life? Is he going to go to night school and try to become a night crawler? I don't know. It's so it's so interesting to me to to think about that and spin all the possibilities out of it. All right. Well, it's getting about that time where we wrap up these interviews. Is there? Any final thoughts on Monstrous that you would like to tell the listeners about? Yeah, I want everybody to uh, check out. We've got a Monstrous Facebook page, Let's Get Monstrous. We've got <coughs> SourcePoint Press. They've got their website, their Facebook page. Uh, Ken Lamug uh, is Rabble Boy at, on Twitter. You can follow Travis McIntyre, the editor-in-chief of SourcePoint Press, who's always looking for new ideas and pitches and submissions. Uh, you can also check out the Monstrous Kickstarter, and that's a great way for you to get everything, so you can uh, get all the issues, so you can be one of the first people in the entire universe to read the books. Otherwise, it'll be May before all four of them are out, uh, so you can get them before you can you know, be the first kid on your block with uh, with all the issues of Monstrous. Um, those, those are, I think, the, the main things. Oh yeah, uh, MonstrousWorld.com is the website that we've got for Monstrous, uh, and and people can check it out. Uh, at any of those spots, Facebook, Twitter, uh, they've got Instagram for SourcePoint Press. All of these things uh, are great ways to keep in touch with us in social media and learn what new stuff is coming out from SourcePoint Press and where we're going to be. So, uh, like I said, the next con that we're going to be doing is in Monroe and uh, or, or Redford. Oh, boy, I'm already screwing it up. We're, we're doing one later in January, but the next really big one, like the whole weekend long one that we're doing is Days of the Dead in Atlanta during February. So if anybody's listening to this is uh, going to check that out, come up, mention this podcast, and I will give you a free high five right then and there, my friend. I was going to say Redford Comic Con is January 23rd, if I'm not mistaken. There it is. It's Redford Comic Con. I, I said it wrong. Redford Comic Con. Um, that's the one. I'm going to be there. <laughs> If he survives this cold, that is. Yeah, yeah, if I survive this weird hacking cough that I've got, uh, which I'm on the mend with that. I uh, I don't want to get into too many details, but uh, things are clearing up for me uh, with the chest cold. <laughs> All right, well, Greg, it's a wonderful to have you back on the show. Glad we could schedule this little time so you could tell me about Monstrous and everything, and like always, if you ever want to be on the show to talk about any projects you're working on, just shoot me a line and I'll get you on. 
Wonderful. Thank you so much for this opportunity, Dave. I really appreciate it. It's always great to talk to you, and uh, I hope people out there want to get monstrous now. <laughs> and just remember, people, go to Kickstarter and search monstrous, or hell, just Google search monstrous tales of valor and villainy, and it should pop right up as one of the first searches for Kickstarter. But again, thank you, Dr. Wright, for your time, and I hope you feel better. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. A little monstrous soup, right? <laughs> exactly. All right, time for some housekeeping. As always, you can find me on Podbros Network, iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn. But you can also find me on Twitter at DaveTheNerd underscore TNC, on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave's Nerd Compendium, all one word, no apostrophes. You can also go to DaveNC.com and find everything there. Find everything on podbros.com in the Dave the Nerd section. I have a YouTube channel, just search Dave the Nerd, and I'll do like unboxings and I might do like a movie review or something on there just to give a little bit of content. And don't forget, while you're on iTunes at Stitcher, to rate the show five stars, thumbs up, whatever they take. And if you write a review, I can read it and then focus the show to be more about what you want to hear. So, with all that being said, thank you ever so kindly. And, as always, and if you need a man, find a nerd. Overload. Pleasure overload. Dave, mate, what do you want to do tonight? Same thing we do every night, Pinky. Try to take over the world.